Alright, so here's the thing. I was trying to edit this interview up, and then I realized, why am I trying to edit and try to make it perfect, right? There's a lot of small nuggets that, although may not be part of the main message inside this interview, I thought would still bring a lot of value. And if I can change at least one person's life dramatically, more than just helping a bunch of thousand people, if I can change one person's life, that's all I want with this episode today. So again, it will not flow directly in the, in the way you expect it to be with questions, answers, and actual actionable steps. Though, of course, it's always packed with that. I just want to let you know that this is more conversational flow between two vegans experiencing life in two different ways. And I thought it would be lovely to share. If you do enjoy this type of interview, let me know. Like, Go slide into the DMs, Vegapreneur on Instagram, or go review this podcast. Well, let me know one way or another if you enjoy this type of interview. And if not, I'll never do it again. I just wanted to test it out, see how you guys like it. When I hit record and I have to start right after recording, I'm like, oh man. <laughs> I know, because it, it feels like you're like, on. You're on. Exactly. But <laughs> you're not very on. It's just like, <laughs> but you get the feeling, right? You've been doing this for a long time. Oh my gosh, yes. I feel it all, all the time. So now I don't even introduce the guests and all that stuff. What I do is just... Just say why I decided to become a vegan. I don't even put that part in the conversation. It's just like the music goes and then they just start talking. So an introduction. Yeah, Yeah, because it just makes you feel it's just this awkwardness. (laughs) (laughs) So I get it. It's it's like, okay, I can't be too chill. I got to sound a little professional because I'm working. And it's like, no, (laughs) it's okay to be chill. Just be chill. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I remember my first interview ever. It was like with doctor with like a, a MD. And it was super awkward. Like we started off, I was like, hey, this is Bandana Chella. She's a medical doctor in Houston, Texas. How are you, Bandana? But we like redid that like five times. It was like really awkward at the end. But then you get used to it, right? Oh, yes. But I mean, mean, it was like the growing pains. You have to go through that in order to like get to this point. So it's not as bad. You got to figure out what works and what doesn't. It's so weird. Yes. And then I got (laughs) to the point where I'm, I'm pretty good at editing out a lot of awkwardness now. Oh yeah. I'm pretty, yeah. yeah. Do, you feel, do you feel it's cheating? Do you feel it's cheating though? No. No. Because I, I like know, to like... have like a, a smooth listen. So I'm not yeah, saying really. like um I'm not saying like I, I guess what I mean is like the the dead air, the weird pauses. Mm. I edit that stuff out because it just sounds it's like unnecessary to me. Yeah. And so it's like I feel like it's a cleaner listen when I because I listen to a lot of podcasts. So I don't know. So you don't feel like it's authentic enough? No, that's a good point. I feel I feel it's like a balance between like authenticity and like making the viewer want to listen. Because I feel sometimes like I, I maybe stutter in my words. I'm like, I should edit it out just for the listener. But at the same time, it is me. And like, I'm not going to try to go to the extent because it, let's say I edit the stutter out, then it makes me feel like, oh, maybe I should edit out all the other like inconveniences I say. <laughs> you know, so I feel like oh. it makes you go down that rabbit hole. But like you're right. Just from like a good convenience standpoint from the listener, like it's it's a lot smoother. Yeah. Middle ground, you know? That's true because I feel like I stutter a lot. And that's why me being on someone else's podcast makes me so nervous because I'm like, oh my goodness. And I feel like I say <laughs> like a lot. Like why are you saying like so much, Monique? Stop saying like. <laughs> so I I I get that. I get that. It's just like this weird balance. But I do leaving some of it I just try not to leave in all of it because I just think it makes a better flow better conversation it well even though the conversation's good it's just the flow for the listener I feel like it's a better experience I don't know oh yeah personally no, yeah true. but yeah. actually I wanted to ask you like why did you start the podcast specifically was it like 
you had internal questions inside of you or you just thought it was cool to reach out to all these crazy people and like they actually say yes let's talk you know I just I am a huge Oliver let me tell you I love talking it's like one of my favorite things to do (laughs) and it's so funny because my dad when he realized that I had a podcast he was like oh of course you do (laughs) I'm like of course because I mean I've been a motor mouth my whole life so I I was thinking that it was just a great way to show veganism from um, a black vegan perspective, especially like a black American mm. vegan. I felt like there was no representation out there at the time when I started my podcast. And so I wanted to have like a place where people can have conversations about their experiences as being a black vegan. And of mm. course, we have so many similarities in our experiences, regardless of your you know, ethnicity as a vegan. But I felt like it's just a unique experience because of the way sometimes our families can respond to us being vegan i was like okay i want to have these conversations with other vegans of color and so that's why i started the podcast and i remember when i started it people were like what is a podcast (laughs) like what is that you know because i started my podcast i think at the end of 2013 so it was like Mm. And the funny thing is, I'm not even that many episodes in because I don't <laughs> I wasn't even like doing it on a weekly basis. It was just kind of like as thing as I would meet people. I'm like, oh, you should come to my podcast. We should just have a conversation, you know. And so that was the motivation. I just really wanted to show veganism from a very practical perspective because I felt like it wasn't necessarily that practical. Like when someone is just becoming vegan, I felt like there were a lot of people that to me felt a little extreme. Like you can't have processed food. You can't have gluten. You have to yeah. have alkaline water. And it's just like, uh, but maybe you just want to be somebody who really enjoys food and still start this lifestyle and be an ethical vegan and have a good time. So that's that was the goal when I started the podcast. Okay, and okay. I feel like hey. I've gotten that, yeah. <laughs> but like, to be honest, like, my me for my ignorance but i have no idea what it means to be uh black for, of course or, or like uh from that standpoint but a black vegan that is even further from me so like what exactly about being uh, a black vegan made you made you made you different i think unfortunately there's like a stigma i think it's getting better these days or maybe because i'm so in it i don't really look at it the same way but i know before i became a vegan i never thought i would do this because veganism to me was seen as something that people who have money would do people who were white would do so it didn't really fit into what i thought my life Mm. would be you know what i mean i grew up near PETA. i grew up in hampton roads and i lived like literally probably like 15 minutes from PETA. And I would see the people who work for that organization. I thought they were like really aggressive and I like to have fun and, and all. And I was like, <laughs> I can never be a vegan. Vegans are crazy. And, and then being a black vegan, I had no, no reference. I didn't know anybody that was a black vegan. I knew, I didn't know any other vegans in general, but I really didn't know black vegans. And I felt like it would take away from like a lot of the food that we enjoy to eat to be a vegan. So what, at first I became a vegetarian, but I was like, there's no way I can ever be a vegan because at least as a vegetarian, I could still eat eggs. I could still eat cheese. I could still, you know, eat my, my grandmother's food, my, um, my aunt's macaroni and cheese. Like I could still do those things, but veganism, no. And I feel like just having so many conversations with other people that is, is just relatable. And maybe it's just a family thing in general. People aren't necessarily open to veganism, no matter what their background is. But I really saw from my own experiences, you know, that being 
a black vegan was just different because people would make me feel like it was so different. <laughs> so I was <laughs> like, okay, it, this is not, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing this yeah. differently. So, yeah. yeah um, I can get that. And, but like, what about, then what made you shift into veganism since at first you were kind of distant, you didn't want to associate yourself to these people. And I can definitely relate. Like a lot of my friends now are activists and it's like sometimes walking on eggshells, talking to them or like being around them just because they, they won't, they won't, hesitate to be in your face when it comes to like arguing with not vegans and there is a way to do it and I think they're definitely advocating for the right cause it's just sometimes the medium the way they're doing it is a bit like uh, I'm not sure you should be doing that but again who am I to judge right yes what, but you know what's really interesting I'm sorry oh, go ahead I'm sorry I'm yeah. to you off. no 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 stress well I just wanted to ask you like what what was like a, do you remember like a, a moment where you realized like you know what I should go vegan was it like a documentary or was it like it a was actually a book i read oh, no okay way. so yeah i read skinny bitch back oh, in 2008 okay or 2007 oh, yeah. or something like that and i actually thought skinny bitch was a diet book i was like oh i'm gonna lose some weight you know i wasn't really <laughs> trying to lose weight but i did want to kind of eat better because i the title just stood out to me when i was in this i was like skinny bitch i want to read that book and so i read it and i had no idea it was a book about veganism and so I remember being a vegan for like two weeks because <laughs> I was like, oh, I was, I was I was petrified. I was like, what the heck am I going to eat now? Like, why did I read this stupid book? <laughs> now I don't know what to do. And so um, after I realized at that time, I felt like I couldn't do it. I decided to become a vegetarian because I felt like that was a little easier. And it was definitely an easier transition to become a vegetarian. So I did that for two years and I had no desire to be vegan. I was like, no, I'm not doing that again. And I actually came across another book. It was called uh, Sister Vegan. And it was actually um, a collection of stories of black vegans. And it necessarily, not most of the stories, I don't really think, I can't remember, it's been so long. But Mm. most of the stories was just like some of the stuff I said a few minutes ago, like how your family responds to you being vegan. And it was just a collection of stories from other vegans. And it was the first time that I had saw veganism from a black vegan perspective, which is another motivation of why I started my podcast, because I was like, we need people to we need the representation. We need people to see that other vegans are out here doing this, you know, that look like you so that you can relate to it. Because unfortunately, sometimes you don't feel like you relate to some of these movements because you don't see yourself in it. And so I read that book and it, was, it felt like overnight, maybe it wasn't overnight, but it felt like overnight I decided to become a vegan and I did it with my family. And um, yeah, I've been on this journey since 2010 and it's just a lot of ups and downs, but um, it has been an amazing transition. And I'm so glad that we did it because I feel like this is really setting a solid foundation for my children. And even if they decide, you know, of course they don't want to be vegan or things like that, that's fine. But at least they know that this is a way to live. I feel like even if you don't, if you go meatless a few days a week, you can get, um, save some animals that way. It's good for the planet. Mm. Just so many amazing benefits to being vegan, but I definitely decided to become vegan for ethical reasons. That was my motivation. So yeah, man, it's been, it's a bit amazing. Oh yeah. No, that's a crazy transformation. And how did you tie that into your lifestyle? Because I guess at first when you're transitioning, even though you did go potentially cold turkey with your family, I guess like there's still your lifestyle where you're at work or you're with your friends and they're not completely uh, sold on the fact of going (laughs) vegan. How did you cope with that? How did you like go around telling your friends like, hey, I'm vegan. Did you just put it out there? Or were you like a bit reluctant if they asked you, you were like, no, you know what? I'm protein deficient. Don't go vegan yet. Something like that. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, actually, um, I think 
in the beginning, because I think this is normal for a lot of us. We really don't feel like we have the language to say why we're vegan, because mm-hmm. we know like this conviction is something that we were, you know, passionate about and is in our hearts. But it's kind of hard sometimes to articulate it when you first get started, and that's what I felt like for myself. So I would never bring it up <laughs> unless I had to <laughs> for a while. And I know that sounds funny because I do have my online brand, but that was completely different than my real life because at least online, people would come to me because they're interested opposed to offline. People feel like you're judging them when you tell them that they're <laughs> that you're vegan or that, you know, I don't know. You know how that goes sometimes. It's a little yeah. different. And so I think for the beginning of my journey, I didn't um, really talk about it unless I had to. You know, of course, people would find out when they ate with me. And I... I would say that overall I've had like amazing support. I know that if I think about it longer, I probably can think of some stories of situations where (laughs) it wasn't so supportive, (laughs) but I would say overall, the people who really mattered to me were okay. For instance, like my husband, my mom, my dad, you know, people like that, that are like really, really important to me. They didn't give me so many issues with it. So I guess when everyone else kind of had something to say, it was just like, eh, whatever. <laughs> it was like, whatever. But yeah, um, I But you, you went vegan almost like when vegan was not cool, right? When What year was that? 2010 is when I went vegan. Oh, yeah. Like, I bet there was like no, rep- there was like, I bet like tofu was the like most legit thing that you could have. That really no. Like, no, Oliver, why are you making me feel like I've been vegan since the 80s? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's I always like, felt too, like too, I don't know. I felt like all Satan, all the crazy stuff came out like recently, like 2016. Oh, no. but maybe I'm was, just wrong. No, actually, all of that was out in 2010. I know that like the vegans. Oh no way. Yeah, because I know like the vegans who came um, but way before us, like 2000. I mean, I said 2000. Um, like the 80s, 90s. I don't know what they were eating because. I don't think I could have been a vegan. <laughs> I don't think I could have been a vegan like back then. I feel like we have so many options now. It's crazy. Like oh, every yeah. every time I get on Instagram, I see like Veg News is showing like new products. I'm like, yes. I'm like dancing. I can't wait to go try that. Yes, new stuff. You know? Yo, did you ever think of starting uh, your own product or? Because no. you definitely have your 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 brand, right? That like you I could do. definitely launch something out of that. You know. I, I know. Like- I kind at one point I was thinking about doing like uh, meal preps because I live in a DC area and I was like, I think okay. that would be a fun like helping people because people always say that the starting is the hardest and I definitely can relate to that because for myself it was that you know um, you want to do it but what do I eat you know so I've thought about that but not actually having like a product that's on like a target shelf I have never considered yeah. that but. Um, I feel like I didn't answer your question. What was your question? It was more about like, I don't know how. Wh- wh- <laughs> what was I eating? What was I eating? Because you thought it was just tofu. Oh, yeah, exactly. Going back to that question. Yeah, exactly. Like, I guess that's like way before. I, what I had in my mind, like 2016 was like when vegan actually started booming, when you had like actual press going for it. But again, yes. again like I was vegan in 2017. So I cannot say <laughs> for me, it was like, whoa, this is a breakthrough. Right. And yeah, yeah when you pull through the overnight but what yeah how exactly did you turn going vegan cold turkey into starting meals and then eventually getting people to ask you like when can you share your recipes and that turning into like your personal brand you sharing recipes uh, on the internet yes (laughs) yeah so (laughs) what happened this is so crazy so when i first i i mean i failed miserably 
a lot in the beginning. I still fail to this day. Like when I test different recipes and I and I think I got something and it's not it's not what I thought it would be. <laughs> and so when I finally started to get the hang of like how to put the food together, like how to make it flavorful, how to make it family friendly. Oh, and how to make it filling because I do remember being hungry in the beginning because I mean it's kind of hard to go from like heavy food and dairy and, and crap to eating a lot of plants you know it's not it didn't feel as satisfying in the beginning so once I started to get a hang of things I said man this food is like amazing it's so good maybe I should start a blog and like start sharing my experiences you know and I started off Olive let me tell you I started off with like blogger.com is blogger even still around <laughs> I don't even know never heard of it <laughs> you never heard of no, so never. Around. I've heard of WordPress. Okay, yes. I didn't even start on WordPress. I started on Blogger, okay? Wow. And so nobody knew I was, like, doing this. It was just me just sharing my experiences because I just was just so in love with what I was learning. I was like, this food is amazing. How you can just play on the textures and the flavors. And I was like, oh, I love this. So um, what happened is after that, I decided to do, like, WordPress. And I did, like, I think I did free WordPress. So it was, like... Was it WordPress.com, maybe? The free option? Yeah, and... it's like my WordPress or something. Yeah, right. but I, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, I so I... As well. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I graduated to that <laughs> after that. And so, um, you know, I just kept, con- you just, I just continued to experiment and just had a lot of fun in the kitchen and nobody knew what I was doing. This is like pre, I feel like this was definitely pre-social media. Well, I mean, I guess Facebook was around, but. Isn't social media was definitely not what it is now for yeah. sure. Gosh, I feel old saying all this. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but it's legit, so like, yeah, but it's, it's not then, that long ago. Like, it's just this thing on his head every six months, right? It's like, right. isn't it insane? Oh my gosh, yeah. like, could you? I like sometimes when I think about what it's gonna look like all of our technology in five years, I'm just blown away. Just the thought, oh, of, man. man, it's gonna be a whole new world, yeah. anyway. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> no, for sure, yeah. Yeah, so I went out to lunch with my cousin one day, Jesse, okay. if she's listening, my cousin Jesse, and we went to lunch and I ordered tofu and it was this amazing tofu that they made. It was like deep fried. It was just, oh, it was amazing. And it was like saucy and everything. And she was like, I've never had tofu. It just seems like it, it looks really good. Can I try it? And I let her try. And she was like, why is your food better than my food? Like, she was eating fish or something. <laughs> and she was like, why is your... And she... And so literally, I'm telling you, Oliver, the whole time, she had her fork on my plate, like, eating my food. She was like, your food is so good. So I never thought well, tofu would be so good. Because it was... It's not like the tofu that's kind of crap. So you know sometimes tofu can be, like, super soft if you don't take the time for it. It's, like, deep fried yeah. and, like, airy and amazing. This is, like, amazing tofu. Wow. So, um, yeah, it is. Some restaurant that's... um actually near my mom's house and um so anyway she was like you should start a youtube channel and i was like what why would i do a thing (laughs) why would i do a thing like that and she said well you should start one because this food is really good and i actually thought that tofu would be nasty and that vegan when i think of vegan food it just sounds really nasty and and flavorless you should do it and then show people how to like cook food that's like good Mm. and i was like uh yeah whatever <laughs> i'm not doing that <laughs> but and, you planted and, the seed yeah 
but like she definitely did because I had actually watched a lot of YouTube. I love and to this day I love YouTube so much. Like I don't watch TV. I watch YouTube. That is my TV, mm-hmm. you know? And so it wasn't like the concept of YouTube was foreign to me. Just the idea of putting myself out there in that way it was just like, uh, no. Because I would see how people would troll the comments so bad and not and like how people were so mean on YouTube. And I and I just didn't want to do it. So I went home and I talked to my husband about it. And he was like, oh, yeah, you should do it. This is a good idea. And I was still like, mm, no. And then one day, I just took the camera out. I had my little point and shoot. <laughs> and I just <laughs> asked my husband to hold the camera. And I'll make a video. And it was the most awkward thing I've ever done. <laughs> and I said, let me just go ahead and just put the videos on YouTube. And that's what I did. And here we are. So, wow. yeah, it's crazy how that works. But, um, yeah, she definitely planted the seed. I always give her credit for that because I was just like, no way I would ever be on YouTube. And all of the technology and everything can be really overwhelming. But I literally started by taking one of my old cameras that I would take pictures of the kids with. And mm-hmm. it just happened to have a video feature on it. And my husband just recorded me. It's like the footage is probably the video is still on YouTube. It's like super shaky. And wow. I remember my heart like pounding. I had to change my shirt because I was sweating so bad after. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't I know anything about editing and technology, any of that technology. Yeah. And so I literally just transferred the file from the computer. I mean, from the camera to the computer and put it on YouTube. And and sometimes I really, I guess that's the best advice for people because there's so many people who tell me they want to start YouTube, but they never do. And they're like, mm-hmm. they want to start perfect. And it's like, there's no such thing as starting anything perfect. And I know we talked about that before we started recording. Like, you're not going to (laughs) – we we messed up a lot without podcasting, you know, in the beginning. And that's just anything in life. You just have to start Mm -hmm. and let it be messy and sloppy and and crazy. (laughs) You just have to do it, you know? Oh, yeah. But you actually pulled the trigger there on me because I know that that was one of the main – bears for my entry into youtube because like i don't know i i was planning to go back in 2017 so pretty recently but then when you look at all these big youtuber youtubers it feels like there's no competition like no one would watch your videos if there's other people out there that are posting crazy content so i was like ah you know what like i don't want to just be noise and then that kind of stopped me from going out there right so like what's your take on that because of course you need to you need to start posting content but then at first, like, I don't know, like, it, it just feels like noise. Oh, because there's so many people doing it. I really, we're, no matter, like, okay, so it could be five people doing the same recipe, but there's always going to be one of those people that you like more mm. out of those people. Because the, the, the beauty of YouTube is it really is you just selling who you are, selling your personality. We know, I mean, it's kind of cliche, yep. but nobody is like you. So you'll always be able to have you know, a unique spin no matter what you do. And so I don't really see it as noise because sometimes people do make it seem like, oh, it's too late. If you haven't done it yet, you shouldn't do it. And I don't believe that because there's just thought Mm -hmm. there are a lot of vegan YouTubers, but this is the way I look at it. Not everybody's going to be consistent. Not everybody is going to be, you know, doing the same type of recipes. Like for me, I like to have a balance. I have like vegan junk food and I like to have healthy food. I like to have family food. So I think it's helpful to have an idea of the type of, recipes or the type of content you want to have and who you want to talk to that may help and you know kind of narrow it down some but nobody's ever going to do it the same way as you so that should not be the reason you don't do it i'm telling you you should get out there and mm-hmm. do it if you still think if you're still thinking about it <laughs> yeah because <laughs> i know no, right. you know i know that it's a lot of work to have a podcast and a youtube channel that's a lot of work yeah. 
You're right. I prefer for now. I feel like podcasting is the shit for me, or I yes. feel a lot of people because, like, as just someone who's young that has limited credibility, it allows me to reach out to like amazing people. I mean, like, I reach out to like the CEO of Megalodon Marketing, like a multi-million dollar company, and just because I'm a podcast, I'm giving him quote unquote free visibility. Like, yes. it's a win-win situation where I can reach out to these big people. I mean, like, if I didn't have a podcast, I would never reach out to you. I would never reach like. <laughs> exactly so it's like yes. you're building your network you're building relationships you're sharing content i mean i felt it was so much more win-win compared to youtube but i do feel youtube will come down the road oh okay let's get into that because that's a really 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 good point because i feel like with podcasting my network is strong as hell because yeah. of podcasting so many people and it automatically establish you as an expert even if you don't know what the heck you're doing <laughs> it automatically exactly. does because, because there's so few of them but i will say it just depends on the type of model you want for your business so for me youtube is important because i want to work with brands and granted i'm going to start actually i just finished um, a contract this this uh what's today friday so i just finished a contract on tuesday to do my first um, paid, like truly paid sponsorship um, on my podcast. But I feel like with YouTube, it's really helpful because um, it allows you to have a different type of visibility that brands love. So mm. if you want to, if you want to start working with brands, I highly recommend YouTubing. Of course, we know with sponsorships of podcasting is definitely an option, but I feel like it's a, it's a more lucrative probably with YouTube than it is with podcasting. Yep. And also, also for advertising, right? Absolutely. When they're getting like the brand deals and stuff like that, it's just, I think it's more lucrative because video is just something that'll always be there. It's, it's so evergreen, you know? And yeah. also for me, I want to do like more cooking demos and I want to go to more veg fest and do things like that. So it allows me to be um, visible for opportunities like that. So that's how I look at it. If you want to do more products, podcasting will probably be more for that. But if you want to do like more brand deals, working with like sponsorships, I think that YouTube is just a perfect way to go for that. It's just gonna it's gonna take a while. It's not gonna happen overnight. <laughs> of course, we know that, yeah. right? But um, it, it when it happens, it's like oh my gosh, I can't believe I waited so long. Exactly. That's how I feel right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually yeah. taking right now the the well the I don't know what you call it like the advice from Tim Ferriss who says whatever you're starting when you're starting to distribute content on either YouTube, blogging or or um, podcasting, you should put out first 100 episodes and then consider uh, monetizing it because then you have the experience, you have a better you have better quality of content, and then again, you have more viewers, right? So it's a lot easier for, for you to pitch to these brands and those. So that's where I'm trying to go out to. That's, that's the way I'm trying to go right now. I like that. And that's so true because then the quality of the brands that you work with would be completely different. You know, exactly. at a hundred at a hundred episodes opposed to two. So I do, I agree that it's really important to like establish some type of relationship with your viewers or your listeners before you bring that in. And that's why I think I'm on episode like 75 or something like that. I don't remember right off the top. Oh. And I, and I have had a couple of ads on like since then, but they were very, very small, very, very mm -hmm. small mentions. And now I feel more confident about being able to bring in things that make sense for my listeners and for myself at this point, you know, opposed yeah, to just bringing yes and that's the, that's okay, what i'm okay, saying the no beauty is, is so different the beauty of the kind of connections you make when you just put yourself out there and you're willing to just um do it for free and it's hard to do stuff for free especially when you have like a lot of responsibilities and but it is but it's so worth it when it comes all together you know what i mean so yeah they came to me and what i did is 
kind of went back and forth a forth a little bit in email and then we hopped on the phone because I love hopping on the phone with people because I feel like <laughs> <laughs> I told you I love to talk. Yeah. And not only that, but it gives me a chance to really find out what people what the expectations are. I feel like it's a better um, relation because I, I want to build relationships with brands. I don't want to just do things that are one off. I want to make sure it's something that's genuine and fun, you know, so uh, we hopped on the phone and we just like went over all the details and then I sent over my packet and then we just went from there and it's been exciting. So exciting. So um, that's happening next month when I'll officially do it. So I used to be really against it because I was like, I don't want to do sponsored content. And now I'm like, I think, but now I'm like, no, I think maybe it just comes with time because I've been doing it for a while. So now I'm like, I think I think I've earned it at this point, I guess. (laughs) Like Tim Ferriss was saying, I think I kind of earned it. Yeah, for sure. sure. (laughs) And like, also it's a win-win, right? If you find the good sponsors, let's say I'm doing like, I don't know, vegan and like, like what I'm doing right now, vegan entrepreneurship podcast. And then I finally find like a brand that's, I don't know, selling vegan entrepreneurship notebooks. I mean, like if people never hear hear of them, then they won't benefit from the service that they're offering. So it's kind of like a plug where everyone benefits. Absolutely. It's not necessarily like you're not sponsoring like, I don't know, McDonald's or something like that, right? Right. That everyone will benefit from. Right. And that's like, that's why another thing too, is I'm like extremely picky about what I do. Like I'm, yeah. that's a, I probably could have had way more money at this point in my in my journey if I wasn't, but it's worth it to me because I want to be around a long time. I want to build trust. I want people to know that when I say something, it's because I truly believe it, and not because mm-hmm. somebody gave me a nice check. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? So and and yeah. So I don't know why I said and, but yeah, <laughs> I just think that it's really important to Good. to do that. I just think it's important. So, um. Yeah, I think it just has to align with, like you said, benefit everybody. It has to align with the message that you want to put out into the world, too. All right. If you made it this far, you're a real vegetarian. <laughs> and let me know if you enjoyed this type of interview. Let me know if this was something that you would like to see again. Just basic conversations between two vegans, not necessarily going into one specific direction in mind but actually following rabbit holes within our conversation and overlapping dialogues and overlapping um, belief systems if you will want to see it that way if not make sure that you share this episode with anyone who would benefit from it or what you could do to help me is take 20 seconds right now to write down anything that you've picked up on inside this interview to better your life and apply right now